the amount of Steelers drama this year is just unreal. I bet Todd Haley broke his own hip so people would talk less about James Harrison going to New England. But the Steelers are 13-3, and that trumps all for now. The Todd Haley news was breaking at the end of yesterday's show. Here's what it reportedly boils down to. Todd and his wife were at Tequila Cowboy on the North Shore on Sunday, that's New Year's Eve, after the Stiller game. Some sort of disturbance occurred, reportedly triggered by Mrs. Haley, and a cop tackled Todd, and Todd broke his hip. I'm not sure what about this is anything beyond poor judgment on the part of Mr. and Mrs. Coordinator. Todd's 50. He's a little old for that spot, Tequila Cowboy. He should have gone to Hyde Park instead. How could the Steelers' offensive coordinator think it was a good idea to go to a bar right after a game, right by the stadium, on New Year's Eve? Because it wasn't. Now Todd's got to do his thing in the press box, which is where Ben wanted him in the first place. Maybe Ben got a Tanya Harding number pulled on Haley. This is the Mark Madden Show. You like it, you love it, you want more of it. 412-333-WXDX is the number to call. Or you can do what the cool kids do and follow me on Twitter at MarkMaddenX. I have video of what happened with Todd and Mrs. Haley last uh, Sunday, New Year's Eve, at Tequila Cowboy. Exclusive video, and it's posted on the Mark Madden page at WXDX.com. Pitt men's basketball was getting killed at Louisville last night, and fans were heckling the Pitt coach, Kevin Stallings. And Stallings said, at least we don't pay our players $100,000. Dude, maybe you should, because the players you got suck. Yeah, I get it. Patino got fired at Louisville, and players got paid, and players got laid. But Pitt stinks. I don't care that Pitt's doing it honest. Pitt basketball stinks. But the big news is, the Penguins killed the Flyers at Philadelphia last night. And Kate Smith had to eat the whole thing. The Pens didn't even play that well, but Reeves, Kuhnhockel, and Alexiak all scored. And Alexiak beat the snot out of that rat, Braden Manning. So it was an entertaining night, as those who joined me at the Double L Bar in Millville would certainly agree. Uh, Thanks to everyone at the Double L Bar in Millville. The Penguins scored three goals in two minutes and 19 seconds. Tristan Jari left the game hurt, and Matt Murray finished up in goal. Chris Letang and Justin Schultz both played. Uh, Tanger played okay. I thought Schultz kind of struggled. Olimata was plus two, and he's their best defenseman right now. Phil and Gino played good. Sid was okay. He did pretty well on the power play. The single biggest takeaway from that game is the Penguins scored three goals, five on five, and getting production from the bottom six is big, too. Riley Shane got two apples. He is hot, hot, hot. Uh, Shane's nickname is Shebang, 
uh, by the way. That's good. That's a solid nickname. Not much of the cliche about it. Well, not by hockey standards anyway. By the way, to demonstrate how well Olimata is playing, he's now the carry guy. He pairs up with the weakest defenseman, in this case, Alexiak. Cole got back paired with Schultz, which is a proven tandem, but they had trouble getting the puck out their own end. Latang and Dumo always do well together, but Dumo got hurt. Is that win a turning point for the Penguins? I would really hesitate to say that. We've seen too many false dawns in just the past month. But now four of the next five games are at home, including tomorrow night at Carolina. So forget about turning points. Just keep winning games. No word on the Jari injury. His arm got a skate cut, apparently. Dumo got hit in the helmet with the puck. He left the game. Carter Rowney did, too, although no one seems to know what happened to him. The Penguins can't afford to be without uh, Brian Dumoulin. In other hockey news, Vegas has now won eight straight games and has the second most points in the NHL. I honestly can't believe that's happening. You want to pull the trigger on Penguins talk, now's the time, 412-333-WXDX. We got Mike Rupp to talk hockey at 4.30. We got Dejan to talk Pittsburgh sports at 5.30. In the interim, I want you Dial 412-333-WXDX. The Pro Football Hall of Fame announced its 15 finalists. Alan Fanica is one of them, the former Steelers guard. Heinz Ward is not the ex-Steeler receiver. Heinz Ward just isn't going to get in. I know you wear his jersey, number 86, and it looks good on you. But there are too many receivers with better stats in line ahead of Heinz Ward. The big question is, Terrell Owens is a finalist, but you wonder if they'll screw him over again because he's a jerk. Ray Lewis is also a finalist in his first year of eligibility. It'd be great if Ray Lewis got in after his involvement in a murder and Terrell Owens doesn't get in because he was a bad teammate. Meanwhile, Owens' stats are absolutely overwhelming. The Cincinnati Bengals have given Marvin Lewis a two-year contract extension to keep on coaching. Lewis was rumored to be done in Cincinnati. Okay, so the guys never won a playoff game. But that's not an easy team to coach with sketchy ownership and a bunch of maniacs on the roster. If Lewis left, the next coach wouldn't be as good or do as good. Cincinnati is not a destination spot for NFL coaching hopefuls. Why not keep doing what kind of works? The Bengals don't stick as bad as they used to. And in Cincinnati, that's a big plus. Anyway, getting back to the Penguins. The Penguins are now one point out of a wild card spot, just behind Carolina. And they host Carolina tomorrow night. It's a big game. The Penguins just need to go off on a streak. You win five straight, as you got to figure, they're bound to do at some point. You win five straight, and you're in good shape. Sid had one assist and two shots last night. He played fine, but he can't get the puck to fall. 
He made a decent pass to Spring Kessel for a power play goal. Vintage Kessel, just the blur, off the wrong foot, coming down the right wing. Boy, the Flyers fans really do hate Sid. I mean, I can see why. He's emasculated them since the day he set foot in the league. But you could hear them on TV booing like crazy every time he touched the puck. And then at the end of the game, the pens are up by four, and the place is dead quiet, cleared out, lots of empty seats, and it was wonderful, yes. To me, beating the Flyers is reward in itself, and you got to like Reeves being the number one star, followed by Kuthockel and Alexiak. That is too sweet, good brother. Like I said, we got Mike Rupp next hour, DK in the hour after that. We're going to talk more about Todd Haley and the relationship he has with Ben Roethlisberger and how that affects Haley's future and Ben's future with the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's the Mark Madden Show. You're listening to 105.9 X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Double M, what's up, brother? Hey, Double M. Well, I love Sally Wiggum, but not as much as soccer. I think it's the best thing I've almost ever heard. VX at 105.9. It suddenly occurs to me when Todd Haley got taken down to the pavement by a cop on New Year's Eve outside Tequila Cowboy and broke his hip. That's the first time Todd Haley's ever been tackled. He never played the game. At least now he knows what body contact feels like. Actually, thanks to his wife, I bet he's... Always, uh, I've said too much. 412-333-WXDX. Want to talk about the Penguins' win last night against the Flyers. I do not see it at all as a turning point. I do see it as two points against the crap team, which they haven't always been getting lately. Now with Carolina in town tomorrow night, it's time to get two more points against the crap team. Hopefully in regulation and vault over Carolina in the standings because... The second half of the season officially starts for the Penguins tomorrow night. And uh, every little bit will help. Baby steps beat the Hurricanes. Baby steps get into the last wild card. Baby steps. I'm psyched about the line of Shane Reeves and Kuhnhockle. They won the game last night at Philadelphia. It goes to show how simple hockey can be. Uh, The puck was in front of the net and Reeves whacked it in. Wasn't real complicated for Reeves on that goal. The puck went to the slot and Kuhnhockel whacked it in. Again, not a lot of touch, not real complicated. I'm especially happy for Kuhnhockel because when the Penguins don't do well, Kuhnhockel doesn't look good because he has like very few tangibles. But when the Pens do well, you realize Kuhnhockel's great on the PK, he skates. He works hard. He's got some grit. That all helps, and last night, Kuhnhockel got a goal, and that helped. Uh, What John Gruden decides regarding his coaching future is in the news. Gruden hasn't coached since 2008. He's been on Monday Night Football. Now it looks like he might take the Oakland Raiders Las Vegas Raiders, whatever, their head coaching job. And a big stink is being kicked up because the Raiders may interview a black coach for the job, 
in, frankly, token fashion. But everybody knows they're going to hire Gruden anyway. Look, I think the Rooney rule is a big positive. But if Oakland wants to hire Gruden, if he's their guy, then what the frick are the Raiders supposed to do? Well, wait, we better hire a black guy because that Rooney rule. We really want Gruden en- enough to give him part ownership of the team, but uh, the rule says, you know, hire a black guy. And if we just interview the guy, it's token, so we better hire a black guy, even though that's not the guy we want. We want Gruden. I am all for minority hiring. For example, I would love to see a white cornerback somewhere, anywhere in the league, anywhere in football. But if Oakland wants Gruden, just hire Gruden. The draft is mercifully months away, but people are already talking about it a little bit. It's going to be tough for any team to draft Baker Mayfield the quarterback in Oklahoma, because he's a bit short at 6'1", and perceived to be a bit of a flake. If you draft Baker Mayfield and it doesn't work, the guy who made that decision loses his job. I like Baker Mayfield. He's entertaining. I'm not sure I'd draft him for my football team. Here's a guy that's beaten the odds. Great story. Walked on to become a Heisman winner at Oklahoma. It's amazing. But one of these days, Baker Mayfield will probably stop beating the odds. And I would hate very much for my job to depend on that. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Uh, I'm going to keep talking Penguins. You know, a lot of people are psyched. Well, now we're getting production from our bottom six. And I'm psyched too. It was great to see Reeves and Kuhnhockel and... And uh, Shane have a great game. Do you really expect that to keep happening? I don't. I always look at it as a bonus when it does happen. The guys who got to get it in gear are Gino, a little bit more. I can't say Phil. Phil's been remarkably consistent. Tanger, a little bit more. And Sidney Crosby, a lot more. But again, Sid, don't cheat you for effort. I thought he played a good game last night. And obviously, sooner or not later, he comes good again. No question about that in my mind. 412-333-9939. In just a moment, I'm going to detail. For you Heinz Ward fans, just just tweet me some answers, some guesses, because you'll be guessing. How many receivers that aren't currently in the Hall of Fame? How many NFL receivers, active or retired, who aren't currently in the Hall of Fame have more receiving yards than Heinz Ward on their career? When I tell you that number, you might have to think, you know what? Heinz Ward ain't getting in the Hall of Fame, and especially not now. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9. And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. I would want total and absolute autonomy. Hey, Mark. Great show. Are you part psychic? Well, I'm actually more neurotic than psychic. The X at 105.9. If you're just tuning in, uh, Alan Fanica, the former Steeler, is one of the 12 finalists 
for this year's class in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I forgot to mention earlier Ty Law from Aliquippa, the longtime New England Patriots cornerback. He is also a finalist. Uh, Ray Lewis in his first year of eligibility is a finalist. Uh, Randy Moss also in his first year. Terrell Owens in his third year inexplicably has not made it yet despite overwhelming statistics. And I love when people think Heinz Ward should be a lock for the Pro Football Hall of Fame because of his blocking. Oh, he changed the game. Uh, he didn't. Not really. And how many yards do you think Ward's blocking was responsible for in a given Steeler season? I'm not going to say five. Maybe. But like 100? 100 extra yards? Did his blocking really change the game? Did it even really very often change the result of a Steelers game, let alone what the Steelers do in a given season? Uh, here's the problem for Heinz Ward in terms of getting in the Hall of Fame. He currently ranks 25th lifetime in NFL receiving yards. And right now, there are 12 wide receivers with more receiving yards than Hines on their career that are not yet in the Hall of Fame. And that list is going to grow longer because of the passing nature that, that, that aerial pyrotechnics are the sub and substance of pro football. And it's only going to get more so moving forward. So Heinz Ward right now is near the back of a very long line. And the line is only going to get longer. Now Heinz's only hope is that Ed Bouchette of the Post-Gazette can campaign for him. Because that's what a Hall of Fame should be all about. Having a friendly media member run an effective campaign to the voters on your behalf. So Hines is unlikely to ever make it. And I won't be outraged when he never does. Now, Alan Fanica. Don't know if he's going to make it this year, but Alan Fanica should definitely make it. Fanica is the best guard of his era and arguably the best guard of all time. It's far from a glamour position, and some of the voters probably don't even see guard as an impact position. But Alan Fanica made major impact. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Uh, I was on the DV morning show earlier today, and I had to laugh because... I'm listening to it before I go on. And Randy and Bill and Val and Mike Pursuta, they were talking about all the controversy, all the tempest in the same black and gold teapot that took place with the Steelers this year. I'd totally forgotten Lev Bell held out in missed camp. I plum forgot. I forgot Antonio Brown threw the water cooler. I got a checklist here. There's like 12 separate incidents that could be considered distraction. I'll go over the whole list in just a bit. The most damaging point of distraction 
could yet turn out to be James Harrison going to New England because that could produce a tangible result if Harrison plays well for the Patriots against Pittsburgh in the AFC Championship game. I don't think he will. Part of me says it might not even come to that, and I have no logical reason to say that, but uh, again, paper, rock, scissors, and Kansas City is going to play New England in all likelihood in the division game. But yeah, Bell didn't show up for camp. Brown threw the cooler. Ben said, maybe I don't have it anymore. Martavis Bryant wanted traded. I guess it goes to show that when you operate in chaos all the time, you can survive it and even thrive. Now, what was the single most damaging point of controversy and distraction that the Steelers experienced this year? With the Harrison switcheroo to New England pending to be that, but what is it as of right now? You can call 412-333-WXDX or post it on Twitter. I bet you forgot this one, too. I think there's a very obvious one, but I bet you forgot it. And no, it wasn't Juju having his bike stolen. That was kind of fun. In fact, when it comes to Juju, the bike was fun. Him knocking Vontez Perfect the frig out. That was fun. The only thing about Juju that's not fun, and he does, as I've said repeatedly, I know he's a 20-year-old kid, so I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt, but he really does walk that tightrope between cutesy and annoying. But he's 20, 21 now, I think, and so I'm going to give him the benefit of the cutesy doubt for the time being. But somebody said, I think Tomlin, the Juju is the choreographer for their touchdown celebrations. Well, they need to say to him, screw you, you're fired. Because their touchdown celebrations out and out stink. If I have to have them explain to me what it's a parody of or a tribute to, okay, these things shouldn't have subtitles. They should be very obvious even to the, I know I'm old and I'm white and I'm crotchety, but that doesn't mean I should never get it. Eh, who knows? Maybe it does. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. A-, a little plug before we go to a couple calls here. This Saturday at the Epiphany Church, that's right by PPG Paints Arena, the place with the great fish sandwiches. I will be appearing at the Pittsburgh Hockey Expo from 11 a.m. till 3 p.m. And for the last time ever, I will have Flyers Troll shirts for sale, including all three versions. Have you ever seen the Flyers win the cup? Eat, sleep, no cup, repeat, and an updated version of the last model that now says Pittsburgh 5, Philadelphia 2. Not 4-2, but 5-2. Very limited supplies. All sales benefit the Mario Lemieux Foundation. Uh, The Pittsburgh Hockey Expo is awesome. It's all day Saturday at the Epiphany Church. You should see all the memorabilia on hand. Crazy game-used stuff. So please do stop by the Pittsburgh Hockey Expo this Saturday at Epiphany Church. I'll be there from 11 a.m. till 3 p.m. And we got Colby Armstrong and Tyler Kennedy, too. 
It is going to be great. Let's go to a Zach in the car. Zach, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, uh, I just wanted to talk about the uh, Penn's bottom six. Uh, I wouldn't really say that you should be excited about their performance last night. I think it's more of a relief. Um, they played really well last night. And if you look at the well, last night. Now, now I don't expect the bottom six. Well, I don't expect the guys who scored last night to score, put it that way. Well, I right, expect but, more from Shane and Haglin, you know, whoever usually composes the third line. I think any goals by Reeves and Kuhnhockel are a bonus, although both played very well last night. Right. I and mean, if you look at the last two seasons, you had Benito and Colin. They were kind of the leaders of the bottom six. And I think we, we needed that to uh, kind of jumpstart. And I think last night was a confidence boost for our bottom six. They're going to start to play better, and that's going to affect the uh, rest of the season, I feel. Well, Zach, you know how I've been saying that uh, I don't think the Penguins should make a big trade and bust up the team and their chances for beyond this year, I'd make a smaller trade and trust on the core to work things out and get back in it this year, and if not, better luck next year. But uh, I would get a third-line center, and I think they're right. going to get Matt Cullen. And I think they need to get rid of uh, Carl Hagelin. He's a waste of the cap, and he has Okay, who, who would you trade him to, and what would you get for him? You know, I have no idea. Yep, neither, neither does Jim Rutherford. Yeah. He has no idea. That's an yep. easy thing to say. It's almost impossible to do. Let's go to Will in Uniontown. Will, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, Double M, big fan. Uh, I just wanted to talk to you about the, the distraction thing with the Steelers. And at the time, I thought maybe the Martavis Bryant in the media was asking for a trade was a big distraction, but it allowed well, It didn't hurt at all and, because he stinks. Well, And it, it doesn't is, matter what the guy who stinks says, wants, or does. It emer- the emergence of Juju Smith came out of that distraction, though, and that was crucial and very... I think Juju uh, would have blossomed to some degree, regardless of what Martavis Bryant said, did, or wanted. But, but you're right. I think moving forward, Juju's the number two and Bryant's the number three. And uh, I think that goes for next year, too, assuming everyone mentioned returns. Now, uh, we talked with Matt Williamson yesterday about whether or not... Juju could be a number one receiver in the league at some point. I don't know. He doesn't really have the physical attributes, but neither does Antonio Brown. Uh, so it would not shock me if when Antonio starts to fade, and let's be honest, that's only a year or two away. He's He's been in the league quite a while and been the number one receiver in the league quite a while. Not that he can't contribute at a high level for probably three or four more years to come. But at some point, if Juju has to take over, I think he might be able to. I really do. 412-333-9939. In just a minute, I'm going to tell you. I'll give you, actually, a few more chances to call in. 412-333-WXDX. I'll tell you what I think the biggest distraction, not biggest, but I'll tell you what I think the most damaging distraction was for the Steelers in this, a season full of distractions. Uh, and when I say what it is, I, you'll have no choice but to agree because something bad happened, tangibly bad, happened because of it. Has anybody noticed that Juju refers to the Steelers team colors as black and yellow? I mean, I get it, Wiz Khalifa. But that's what I mean about him walking that fine line between cutesy and annoying. He's a rookie, 21 years old, and he wants to change the team colors. Hey, kid, 
it's black and gold, not black and yellow. 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Bubba Lamb, huge fan, buddy. Your voice is like sweet nectar to my ears. Still of the night, still of the night, still of the night. VX at 105.9. No Quarter brought to you by CW Electrical Services. Make the switch at CWElectricalServices.com. I was watching all in the family reruns this morning on the treadmill. One of the classic episodes was on Lionel's engagement party, which is where George Jefferson first finds out that the father of the bride is white. Tremendous stuff. I'm reminded of it because Archie used to always laugh when Lionel would tell him what he wanted to do for a living. He would say, I want to be an electrical engineer, Mr. Bunker. And of course, Lionel was smarter than Archie ever dreamed to be, and he was just playing him for a laugh. Let's go to Cliff in the car. Cliff, you're on with Mark. Hey, Mark. How you doing? Good, Cliff. Hey, um, I'm looking at the way Solly's been doing a lot of line changes lately, um, trying a lot of things to generate offense on the five-on-five, and I'm wondering why Kessel and Crosby haven't been seen back together again. At least try. Kessel and Crosby have barely played together since Kessel came to Pittsburgh. And with them experimenting, why aren't they trying that? Because I think think Malkin and Kessel are doing okay together, aren't they? Yeah, I think they are, but I'm not seeing... I don't know. I, I, I okay, as important as Crosby is, up. and I think he's the most integral player on the Penguins in terms of who they need to have in gear to be successful, why would you break up a combination that's working for the sake of the guy who's struggling? I'm not saying it's not working, but I think Kessel has actually found his game, obviously, this year. I, I won't disagree Kessel's with that. has been real good think... since the day he set foot in Pittsburgh. He's picked up his production a little bit this year. Well, no, I I don't know if you think you've, you know, reinvented the hockey wheel with your deep analysis, but to act like Kessel's found his game this year, he's been real good since since he got to Pittsburgh and real good in both playoffs. Well, you look at other teams and you see the leading scorers are on the first line. Right, right, the teams that haven't won the Stanley Cup. You're right. We should look at the teams that haven't won the Stanley Cup and do what they do. (laughs) Anything else? No, that's it. I appreciate it. Yep, stupid. Let's go to Kevin in the Valley. Kevin, you're on with Mark. How you doing? Great. Good, great to hear. I have a quick question for you. I've been listening, and a lot of people out there, even some Steelers fans, think, what if Harrison could do something that could possibly hurt another Steeler? And I wanted to get your thoughts. What do you mean, physically hurt? Well, physically, maybe not intentionally, but physically hurt. Yeah, people hurt. get hurt in football all the time. I don't think anybody's yes. even remotely concerned about that. I understand, but what do you think the thoughts are of flipping the scenario? What do you think uh, the probability is of the Steeler knocking Harrison down? Oh, no, I don't think that's possible. Harrison's a badass. Haven't you seen the workout video, sir? There's no way I to have. knock him down. Are you crazy? It's a possibility. No, no, it's not. Again, look at the workout videos. If Mike Tomlin looked at the workout videos, not only would Harrison have started all year, he'd have used him some snaps on offense, too. Those workout videos tell the tale. James Harrison cannot be knocked off his feet. He is absolutely superhuman. 
The only thing that can stop James Harrison is old age and natural causes. And I'm not ruling that either in the very near future. You know, those workout videos to be in that kind of shape and move that kind of weight. Sometimes you do things that can damage your body for the long run. Just saying. Let's go to Lars in Oakland. Lars from Metallica. Go to Mark Madden Show. That's my stage name. And I'm, I'm not quite as old as you, Mark, but All in the Family has got to be one of the greatest sitcoms in American history. The two greatest sitcoms in TV history are All in the Family and Seinfeld. And I'm not even a rabid Seinfeld fan. I mean, I watched it and still do. My personal favorite is that 70s show. That's my second favorite after All in the Family. But uh, All in the Family is a clear-cut, for me, a clear-cut number one. Go ahead. Uh, I think I may know what you believe to be the um, distraction that had a tangible impact on the Steelers. Go ahead. The botched national anthem protest in Chicago. Well, not botched protest, specifically them agreeing to stay in the tunnel and war hero Alejandro Villanueva double-crossing his teammates to stand on the field like a proud veteran and put his hand over his heart because he's always going to be an Army Ranger, but being a Steeler is temporary despite all the money that he gets paid. Obviously had an impact on their performance because they oh they like lost. The, I'll go one step further, Lars. They lost the game because of that. Uh, what happened? Uh, the meeting they had that lasted too late into the night, the evening before, and then what happened with Villanueva, and, and all the immediate fallout from that. People talking about it on the sidelines. You know, they they knew that Villanueva screwed the pooch. Some didn't mind. Some were very unhappy, including James Harrison. But, uh, but yeah, they lost the game because of that. They were totally discombobulated when Villanueva double-crossed them. And in retrospect, it had a tangible impact because if they don't lose that game, they get the number one seed. Exactamundo. 412-333-9939, the number to call. Yeah, if they win that game, they have home field all the way through, and Villanueva screwed them. And I know you guys hate it when I say that, and... It was a long time ago, and I'm not going to dwell on it, you know, the, the week after the regular season ends, all those weeks after Chicago, but Villanueva cost them the game. If you want a more current critique of Villanueva, he made the Pro Bowl because he's an Army Ranger, and if the Steelers have a weak link on offense, it's Alejandro Villanueva, and the fact that James Harrison potentially will be matched up directly against Villanueva, that's the one thing that looms up. Not so good for the Steelers uh, when they go to Foxborough. Let's go to Corey and Moon. Corey, you're on with Double M. What up, man? What up, man? Hey, got the uh, the wind taken out of my sails a little bit. I was going to say the same thing. It was the uh, it was the botched, messed up craziness in Chicago. Um, so well, here I'm going to tell you a story I heard, and I've hesitated to tell this story. Because I can't get it 100% confirmed, but I'm going to tell it without using the name. Okay? I'm going to tell it without using the name, and, and you can fill in the blank. I was told that the Steelers originally said, okay, let's stand on the sideline, and anybody can do what they want to do. Like, you know, take a knee, raise a fist in the air, whatever. And apparently some Steelers were planning on 
doing some kind of protest because if you'll recall, Trump kind of called out the players and challenged them. And oh, yeah. a, a lot of players around the league rose to that bait and some Steelers were going to. I've been told one very prominent Steeler said, if anybody takes a knee or protests, I'm walking off the field and not playing because I refuse to be connected to that in any way. And that Steeler was not Villa to wave. Let's go to Joe and Shaler. Joe, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Good day, Mr. Madden. Hello. Hey, so you need to quit hitting on James Harrison. He made a Well, what? What'll happen? What? If I don't quit hating on him, what'll happen? Is there an or what that goes with that? No, I mean, we don't make fun of you for eating Twinkies. Oh, good one, Shaler guy. Which 0-11 football team were you on? You're fat. Oh, and 11. Oh, maybe you were on the 2-9 and nine team. Someday you guys will be on the Shaler uh, banner of honor, the 2-9 and nine team. Maybe if you guys ate a little more Twinkies, you could block somebody, 0-11. I can tell. You were, weren't you, you son of a bitch? You were on one of those 0-11 teams, weren't you? Yeah, you were. 0-11. Yeah, you were. And those are Shaler kids, not Millbell kids. I was in Millbell last night at the Double L Bar. No Owen 11s there. The Twinkie joke. Don't you just love it? Uh, let's go to Rob in the car. Rob, you're on with Double M. What up, man? What up, man? Hey, I know Villanueva, that whole thing, you probably did have a part in them losing. But don't the Steelers kind of lose games like that against Crabby? Yes. On the to be anyway? fair, yes. They often lose games against crap opposition, specifically, uh, what is it, when they're favored on the road. Yeah. They very often lose the game outright, but uh, but don't you feel like they were clearly discombobulated by what Villanueva did? I think I think somewhat, but I just think that their penchant for just blowing those kinds of games, I think that was more so the factor. Well, yeah, like I said, they've had so much chaos this year, it's uh, an everyday thing. They've survived chaos, and they thrive in chaos. In 30 seconds, we're going to talk about Todd Haley's future. After Tequila Cowboy Gate, it makes me wonder. 105.9 The X.